Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Hello and welcome to the podcast that doesn't just give you frou-frou, right from your heart type of writing tips, but actually gives you practical, strategic advice on how to write a book that will move the needle in your business. Um, I talk to best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, sometimes myself. This happens to be a re-release of a an old episode, uh, an oldie but goodie, highly relevant today. Uh, I, I quote it in my book on good authority, which you can get links to that and to other goodies by going to ongoodauthoritypod.com. Now, my guest today, Scott Duffy, is a brilliant entrepreneur. He has sold companies for millions upon millions of dollars. And um, I met him at a mastermind. And the reason I wanted him on the show is that the way he talked about how entre- why entrepreneurs do books, he summarized it so succinctly that I thought he really gets it. Let's talk about this. And he talked about something in this episode that I think is really, really important, which is how he was writing a book for a certain, in order to attract um, clients. And then somebody pointed out to him, hey, If you're writing a book for people just launching their businesses, they may not be able to afford to hire you. So be really clear about who you're writing your book for. And and if you want them to hire you after reading your book, make sure they can afford to. Sounds crass. It's not. It's really simply about being able to pay your bills and still be able to write books. So uh, that's enough for me. With that, I give you Scott Duffy. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Scott. Hi. Hi. So you are uh, a genius and uh, a, a genius and author. And also, as I was just telling you, someone who articulated what I have been trying to articulate for many years and you just did it off the cuff. Nice. So let's talk. Well, let's talk about what you said that I loved so much. Okay. So. Well, we, yes. So what happened was we were talking about, we were talking about that uh, uh, you and I were having this conversation in Park City. So I was throwing an event. We had, say, 50 um, entrepreneurs, small business owners there, and a whole bunch of them wanted to write books. Yeah. 
But the, the, the challenge that I saw, which is a challenge I've seen since the last you know, 30 plus years that I've been around this industry, is that, is that most people don't know why they're writing a book. Right. right? So when, when we start a business, we write a plan. I always like to say, start with the end in mind. Right? right. Figure out where it is that you want to be, what you're doing this for, and then back out a strategy. So what we were talking about was this, you know, I always ask people, are you writing a book because you want to be in New York Times number one bestseller and you're willing to invest the time and the money in this project because you believe it'll bring you a tremendous amount of business, whether that's in speaking fees or in other ways that help you and your company to grow. You know, are you writing a book, number two, um, because you want to have a business card that you're able to hand out to everybody, right? And, and, and this is like your introduction to, to them. And, and, and the strategy for doing that is much different. It costs a lot less to do. You're going to have to, you know, your cost per book is going to have to be super low. So you're going to be able to give away a lot of these books, right? Are you writing a book, number three? Because you want to, uh, for example, build a list. So what you want to do is you want to have a book online. People enter an email address or they enter a phone number, and then they're able to download your book in exchange for you being able to send the marketing messages. So it's like, what is your strategy? What is the reason that that, that you're doing this? And what you and I were talking about is like your client that primarily is writing because they they want to hit, you know, they they want to be that New York times. Well, so these are, this is actually the way I remembered what you said. It's slightly different. What I, okay. Entrepreneurs write books for three reasons. One is the free plus shipping uh, or the giveaway for free that basically Mm -hmm. they want your email address. One is that it's my business card, but I kind of hope you don't read it. Like it's there and you know that I did it, but there's probably tons of typos and stuff like that. And then the third is the legacy book. And I don't look at that as like the number one New York Times bestseller. You know, I I don't believe in shooting for things that 0.00001% of the population can get that don't make a difference. Take it from someone Mm -hmm. who is a New York Times bestselling author and was borrowing money to pay my rent after I hit that list. Yeah. is not a thing. So to me, a legacy book is it it does those things those other two you know ideas do, but it's it's something you're proud of. It's I think the way you feel about your book for entrepreneur. Maybe you feel that way about all three of your books. I don't I don't know. You tell me. Are they legacy books? Um no. They're well, well one of them is. One yeah. of them is. maybe two. So the first book that I wrote was called How to Invest in Self-Storage. Right. And, and the reason I wrote that book is I, um, I had come from, I'd been in the tech industry. I'd had a, a series of kind of wins, financial wins in the tech industry. And I wanted to, um, I decided I wanted to invest in real estate and create passive income. And this is, this is a long time ago, and it's back before there was a self-storage, you know, like a public self-storage where you put your stuff and you keep it ever like before those were on every corner and before I'm a real data driven person. And so before I invested anything, I wanted information. I wanted to learn about what I was going to potentially invest in. And the challenge is the self storage industry didn't have a lot of that. So just for perspective in the self storage industry, there's like 50,000 self storage facilities in the United States 
And the biggest owner of self-storage facilities only owns 3% of the market. So the majority of the industry is people that just own one or two. So it's a lot of mom and pop businesses, meaning you don't have big companies that are aggregating public data in order to um, to share it. They don't have to. So what I did is I went out there and I talked to everybody I could and I assembled all of my notes. And I'm like, if I want this, I'll bet there's somebody else that wants it too. So I went to the biggest publisher in the industry called Minico. And I said, what do you think? And so they said, we think that's a great job. It doesn't exist out there. And so they helped me to hire an editor and we put the notes together and we launched it. And I think to, to this day, it's the best selling book about self-storage in the industry, which is kind of ironic. So I wrote that. I wrote that entirely because I was trying to aggregate research so I could decide if this is a good decision to invest in. Genius. Like crazy. My second book was called Launch. Yeah. And that was a whole different process. So I wanted Launch to be a legacy book. Yeah. And my goal was to make that a number one New York Times bestseller. And so I ended up getting an agent. She was amazing. We ended up um, selling that that book to um, Portfolio, which is a division of Penguin Publishing, working yep. with A.T. Zakheim. And, um, and we were scheduled to be the number one, like the big release for Thanksgiving for, for Thanksgiving weekend, for the holidays that year, right? In, in business books. So here's the thing. I had never written a book like this. And I wanted the book to be written about how to scale a company. That was the goal. Okay. And th- this will come back. It'll be important. So I, I um, because it was the, the first book I'd ever done for a publisher like that, they required that I have an editor and they were very hands-on in helping me determine who that editor was. And the editor was, he was the head of entrepreneurship and those kinds of articles for one of the two biggest business publications in the world. So we're thinking to ourselves, this is going to be a home run. Well, here's what happened. We had one year to write this book. So we started to work on it. And number one, he started to get all of these covers for that magazine. He had three while we were working together. So he would disappear. So we never, it just never really worked. It never really gelled. I kept going back to the publisher saying, I need more time or I need different help. And they kept saying, no, no, no. Just every entrepreneur goes through this. Every writer goes through this. Just put your head down. It didn't work. Until one day, the book, it it just was so bad. It was so bad. And nobody would listen. Yeah. I wrote a text. Actually, it was a, I wrote an email to the head of Penguin Portfolio. And the subject was, in all caps, this book fucking sucks. Okay. <laughs> I wrote this book fucking sucks because I had to get somebody's attention. Yeah. He was on vacation in Mexico. He called me right away. He said this, this book does suck. You're right. We need to make a change. Okay. And he said, the change starts with you. Now, this is really important for, for authors, for writers. The change starts with you. He said, we'll do our part. We're going to help find you another editor. But what do you really know about what you're writing about? 
You see, my core competency had always been launching companies, taking ideas from idea to market. And he said, what would naturally just kind of pour out of you? And it would be those stories versus the stories about growth and scale. So what it is, I sat down. I was so, by the way, depressed after that call. I'm like, now I got to change the book. I got to change the title. I got to figure this out. We don't have much time. And what happened, Anna, is I went home that night and I was talking to my, my, my ex-wife and I was looking at my kids and she said, well, what if the book wasn't about like you weren't doing it for yourself? Who would you do it for? And I said, you know what? I would use this book to tell my kids who their dad was. That's what I would do. That became the purpose. And then over the next six weeks, I started from scratch and I wrote every word of the book from front to back. Wow. And the book was called Launch, and it was all about doing what I really knew. And, and so for me, that was a big lesson. And, and I think that, you know, when, when you're writing a book, it's really important not to focus on what you think is going to make money or what you think is going to do something. you got to focus on what it is that you know, and it naturally comes to you. Because those are the stories and those are the lessons that will truly connect with an audience. And so I think, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of what, kind of what happened. But don't you think it's where what you know uh, meets what you know your audience wants? Don't you think? I think that, I think that if you're writing about, see, this is the mistake I made. I was trying to write, see, okay, I have to answer your question. I have to share this story. The day the book was published and I got my first copy, got my first hard copy. I drove up to one of my mentor's houses and he was going to be the first person I gave it to. He was like 88, an iconic venture capitalist. And I walked up to him and he said, I got the book I've been telling you about. You get the first copy. He said, would you sign it? And I signed it. And he looked at the cover and he said, your book is called Launch. And I said, yes. He said, you're going to be broke. That's what he said to me. And I said, why would you say that? He said, Scott, you have to make a decision before you do anything in business. Do you want to have a rich customer or a poor customer? And he said, if you're talking to people that are launching companies, they're probably broke, or at least they don't have a lot of free cash because they're investing everything they can into this business. He said, so you can be the very best in the world writing this book or doing what you do. But if you're going to have a poor customer, they'll be broke because they can't afford to pay you. Mm-hmm. He said, or would you ha- rather have a rich customer? And I said, well, these are the stories I know how to tell. He said, if you told them just a little bit differently, what you know, they would appeal to that person too. So that was a really big shift. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and, and invent. First of all, I would get really clear on who my target is and can they afford to pay me what I want them to pay me, yep. number one. And number two, I would focus on the content that I really know and understand And if I have to tweak that a little bit to make it relevant for a different market, I would do that. But I wouldn't start from scratch or I wouldn't try and lie or or not stretch the truth about what I was really good at. Did you rewrite it after he said that or you just said, fine, we leave it? I said, fuck. (laughs) Are you serious? 
<laughs> no, I said, I said, I'm like, are you serious? And by the way, it was a, it was, it was really awful for me. My stomach, because like, I love, I love this man, and yeah, it fell to my feet, and I, I was so embarrassed, you know. But it was the right lesson for me at the right time. I actually, it was the right lesson for me. It would have been great if the timing <laughs> was a little different. It was the right lesson at the wrong time. But also, uh, the Jeff Walker book launch was already out, or no, no. So Jeff and I were talking. So Jeff, so Jeff was was working on launch while I was working on launch and a mutual friend Travis Houston put us together because tra- Travis was in the product launcher world and so Jeff and I talked and by the way and, and our books came out like the same month and and, and and there's two things I learned from that experience number one you can't trademark the title of a book Mm-mm. so a lot of people will stay say that they can stay claim to a title you can't trademark that right yeah what I learned is the most valuable part of selling a book is the subtitle. And that was Jeff, what Jeff and I talked about. He said, we can both have the same title. It can look the same way. It can be identical. But your subtitle has to talk to your market. And my subtitle has to talk to my market. And, and that, was a really, that was a really big lesson for me. That's so interesting. I think, yes, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do think it depends on the book. I think there are subtitles where you don't, the reader doesn't even notice what the subtitle is. A, a short title, mm-hmm. absolutely. And especially like your subtitle is, no pun intended, critical. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's always the case. I think it is true in this case. Um, okay, so, so Gas, keep going. I think, I think that the subtitle really has to, because if, if you're in a bookstore, I mean, I don't know how many people, but when, when launch came out, people were still going to bookstores. If you're in a bookstore and, and, and your target customer is looking at a shelf and they're skimming, you only have a few seconds for them to, to know if that's the book, right? So what attracts them first? It's going to be the, 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 the color and the font, the positioning on the shelf, who you're around or who you're next to. By the way, when I wanted to sell more, I went into every bookstore I could, wherever I was. I moved my book next to Gary Vaynerchuk. I moved it next to whoever was hot at the time. <laughs> you got to do that. You got to have a little bit of Sarah Blakely in you with Spanks. And That's nobody stopped you, right? <laughs> yeah. Who's going to stop you? You're like an affable, big dude. Nobody's going to be like, uh, that guy, stop the guy moving the books. You just did it, right? No, I did. And here's the thing. The people in the bookstore couldn't care less because they just want to sell books. Right. So, 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 so I did it. I take pictures. And send, yeah. So I, I learned about the importance of a subtitle. I learned about the importance of the impact that your cover and that needs to have in a very short period of time. Yeah. So that if two people are looking at books, like, and so, and when, when the subtitle for launch was the critical 90 days from idea to market. And the reason was our publisher had research showing that in the next year, having a number in the subtitle was going to be like the thing. So they actually did that. I mean, the publisher research, I'm like, sure. I think they get away with saying what I, I, yeah. Okay. You don't even want to hear my rants about, about traditional publishing. So it sounds like that was a great learning experience, but not necessarily a wonderful publishing experience. It was a terrible publishing experience. (laughs) It was awful. I, I, it, it was, it was incredibly stressful. It was, um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, the, the, the book fizzled because by the time, by the time it came out, I was so burned out from the project. I, I, I just, I, I had no energy 
or desire to go out into to promote it the yeah. way the way that they should have, you know. And so the next one, you said this is going to be different, right? Right? Is that what you said for your for your most recent book? Well, the next one I said I'm never going to do this again. First, okay, of course. That's what I said. I'll never do this again. Yeah. And at the time, um, and, and then what happened was I had a series called Business and Burgers. And we would go, I would travel across the country, Alan Taylor and I, and we would um, go to awesome burger places and we would interview entrepreneurs like Damon John and people like that over burgers and sides. And it was a blast. And we, we ran um, about 45 episodes of that show. And while that show was airing, um, I was contacted by Entrepreneur Magazine and they said, um, you know, we, the, the, the publishing group, Entrepreneur Books, really enjoyed the first book and didn't understand why it didn't get bigger pickup. And they said, what if we went in and we updated the book and we updated the stories and we added some more connected tissue? Would you be open to that? And so that's what we did. Now, the problem that I ran into in, in this, this circumstance was a disagreement about the title and the subtitle. So here's the thing. If you read the breakthrough book, the, sub, the title and subtitle don't tell you what's in it. So you don't know what you're buying. And so that was a big disconnect and that hurt. And, and I'm just sharing, I, I mean, yeah. I'm committed to sharing the good and bad of everything. Yeah. You know, and so what I learned is I was much happier with the book itself, but I think that the, the title and subtitle got in the way of it. And so mm. we're actually in the process of redoing that with new stories. And I can't show the title yet, but it's very descriptive um, to come out next year. Okay, wait, stop. Breakthrough is your brand. So I would think that that's the perfect title for you. Well, so here's what I learned. Breakthrough is a brand. But if you are a personal brand, your name has got to be your brand. And that, that was a lesson for me. It was a lesson for me because, because my brand was launch. Oh, no, 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 it's not. My brand is breakthrough. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 it's not. I'm, I'm in education technology. I'm working on a book right now around education, right? Is that my brand? No, my brand is Scott Duffy. Yeah. And so for me, that was a real big lesson. And I think it's interesting because if I, it used to be back in the day, you're too young for this, but it used to be when I was starting in the industry, Yeah, the way you got to know somebody and see who they were was there was a one inch by one inch picture on the back cover of the book. Yeah. So like when I worked for Tony Robbins back in 1990, right? Um, the way anyone got to see him before the infomercial was he had a book and on the back, there was the picture that that was it. I think that as it relates to books in today, when personal branding is so important, I'm an advocate of putting your picture on it somewhere, you know, well, on the cover. Yeah. Mm. Cause you are the brand. And I know you, I, I'd be curious to see, to hear what you have to say about that. You know, it's very interesting that you say that I'm, I'm a narcissist and I'm very vain. So I think I should not just be on the cover of all my books, but on every book. And yet I've never done it. Why not? Out of fear of being judged as vain. And, and also I really vacillate between 
is it my experience or do you, you know, it's sort of like that idea about marketing, change all your eyes to use, make your stories, imagine yourself that, you know, I don't, I don't know the answers. I do this because every book I learn more. I mean, I think I approach it a lot like you do. It's like, but, but I also have to, so that I can stay on the cutting edge for my clients. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of excited. I'm like feeling something inside, like, ooh, could I go on the cover of my next book? But, but I don't know. So you didn't do that. So this is, this is how you feel now. You didn't that's do how it I, That's how I feel. That's how I feel now. And like in terms of change, you know, of change in approach, one thing that I did really learn while doing Breakthrough that I really loved um, versus the way I wrote Launch, the way I wrote Launch is I literally sat behind a computer all day and just wrote. And then what I would do is I would write a chapter I would send it to an editor. The next day, the editor would send it back. I'd make corrections and then we'd move to the next, right? Now, I like to say that I wrote a chapter every day, but in practice, it doesn't work that way. You know, some take longer than others, but that was kind of like what the flow was. With Breakthrough, the flow changed. So with Breakthrough, what I started to do is I love to move and I love to be active. So I downloaded an app called Rev. And I actually wrote a lot of the book while I was walking. So I would be walking or I would be in the gym or whatever, and I'd record on Rev. And then what we would do is I hit play. And then when I was done, I would, I would, I would have that translated. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, or whatever the word is. Yeah. Yeah. It transcribed. It would go. And by the time I was back from the gym or my walk or my run or whatever it was, it would be in my inbox. I would send that to an editor and the editor would then organize it and compile the thoughts. And there was my chapter. Hmm. What was really cool about that also is once that was done, I could take that, I could turn that into a blog, quote boards, a million other things. So I highly recommend if you're not the kind of person that wants to sit behind a computer all day, leverage a tool like Rev. If you're a blogger and you're in the car, just write what you talk about, what you're thinking and boom, you're done. Here's what I want to say about that. Yeah. And I'm, this is not like, this is not sucking up. You speak the way a lot of people try to write. You just are naturally like that. That I do not think that works for everybody. And I say that because we've had clients who have said, oh, I'm just going to send over my like brain dumps that, and it is very hard for us to make that into uh, Mm -hmm. written material. It is far more effective for us to interview them. I think uh, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. interviewing you is yeah. going to be more effective. However, if you're like Scott and you've got the gift of the gab, then I do think that can work more effectively. But sometimes you are making an editor's job hard if you do it like that. Okay. So a couple thoughts on that, because you're right. I think an interview is like the gold standard. If yeah. you can get interviewed, I mean, like that's, that's freaking awesome. I think um, if you're a speaker, a professional speaker, it can really be a challenge and you got to learn to get better when you're dictating. Yeah. And the reason is speaker can just talk forever and say nothing. (laughs) They're really awesome at it. Right. Right. So it's almost like you got to get that inner TikTok voice working in you where you got like eight seconds to a minute or whatever it is. Yeah. You got to learn how to talk in, in shorter, in shorter sound bites. Yeah. Um, And and so I think I've seen that with speakers when I wrote, um, when I wrote launch, the way I would tell a lot of the stories, because the way I teach is it is story-based, the way I would tell a lot of the stories was almost like dictating a speech. And the way, uh, 
is really important for, for, for people that want to be authors. The way you speak at people, right, when you're on stage is different than the way people read. It's really important. It's, if you just gave them a speech, they're not going to get through. If you give them something like should be written a book, totally different. Yeah. The other thing is if you're hiring an editor, this is a, a lesson I learned in launch. The person that we used was a magazine editor. Okay. So think about this. They were exceptional at writing things that were really short and that stood on their own. If you're writing a book and you need an editor for a book, you need somebody that understands basically how to craft a story that builds as Mm -hmm. it goes, Mm -hmm. right? And and where there's connective tissue from one thing to the next. And so when I wrote Launch and I was dealing with that first editor, the reason the book didn't work is everything was totally disjointed like a bunch of articles. Fascinating. Right? So, So it's really important to know, you know, you got to have like the perfect target avatar of who your writer or your editor is in order to have a book be as successful as you want it to be. The good news is that most magazines have gone under. So most magazine editors have transitioned into being book editors. I came up as a magazine editor and then I learned to edit books because by, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You just learn. Right. Um, but that's great. That's a great tip. So, so let me ask you what have, and we, we got to get close to wrapping up. What, tell me what these books have done for your career. Well, I mean, they, they, they've done a, a number of things. I think that the one thing they did is they helped me to, actually, I'll tell you what the most important thing is. The most important thing that they've done is they've helped me to develop a business philosophy that became like, I was successful doing things and I didn't necessarily know how I was doing them. Right. I thought I did, but what I did is I was able to like codify my superhero power. Right. And, and I think that that's incredibly powerful. And if you want to be a great speaker, you want to be great at growing an audience on social media, you want to be great at any building a personal brand. I think you really un- need to understand who you are, what you stand for and how you get to the results that you get to. And so this really helped me to learn that. And it helped me to find where there were holes in what I did, where Mm -hmm. I really needed to like grow myself. And I really worked on those areas when, when writing the book. In fact, on my second, on on the book breakthrough, I added a section on growth and scale, but instead of doing it myself, I went to a friend of mine named Roland Frazier, who is exceptional at scaling a company and almost made those chapters more like interviews mm. where we talk back and forth and the way we positioned it is here's how we work with this company. Here's how we work with that company. So the content was organic and it was authentic, but I couldn't have done it on my own. But when I was done with it, I'm like, I understand that now I can really help a company in that area now. So they, in addition to a branding tool, it was like a growth hack for me as well. I love that. I love that. So, because it's kind of like, I think a lot of successful people, they can't teach what they do because they don't know how they did it. It was so organic. It was when I started teaching that I'm like, oh, I got to figure out how did I write a book? I don't know. I just did it. So I think that I've never heard someone say that the book is the opportunity for you to drill down and articulate. How did you do this? 
How can your reader do this? Um, and so, and in terms of business, in terms of speaking, I mean, you were already killing it on the speaking circuit, but, but what difference has it made in your business? You know, I think that the, I think that the book has, um, it, it enabled me to market myself in the bigger companies um, was, was one of those things. So it's one thing to have a personal brand. It's one thing to have success um, with companies that you're a part of. And many, for me, many of those were big media companies, big media brands. But, but having your codified philosophy about how you did it, um, I, I think, you know, that really helped me to open, to open more doors. You know, I, I feel today that, that a book is like, it's a learning tool for us as authors, but I think that as a door opener, it's incredible. It's just, you need to get clear as to which doors you want to open. Do you want to open the door of somebody hiring a speaker in a Fortune 500 company? Or do you want to open the door of an entrepreneur that wants to learn how to create sales funnels? You know, so if I were to, to, to share with anybody, like if somebody said to me, where do I start? And so we'll start by getting clear on what you want the result and result to be. And my second step would be create the perfect avatar of who it is that you want to speak to. And the more narrow you go, the more successful you're going to be. Because if you try to talk to any everybody, you're not going to connect with anybody. Yeah. The riches are really in the niches. And when it comes to writing and when it comes to author, when it comes to putting out a book, if you nail who your target audience is, I mean, from the beginning, you're going to be on fire. Yeah. Yeah. You are fantastic, Mr. Duffy. How can people find you? Go to scottduffy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that there. Or um, uh, you, can, you can find me on social media at Scott Duffy Media across all the platforms. I love it. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, you guys, for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review. And find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.